Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is part two of Evening at the Talk House. Here, do you remember these? Mm. Mm. The plays were so sad. They were sad and miserable. (laughs) And I do still remember the dialysis scene and the elephant does forget. I thought, why am I watching this? (laughs) And the erotic element wasn't very nice. Uh, Nobody wanted to be reminded of things like that. I know so many people who used to see five or ten plays a year back then. And then somehow it became three... And then none. I divide my life into two parts. Midnight in the Clearing was my last job in theater, so up until midnight was part one. And in part one, I saw my friends every day. Playground, school, theater. And after midnight is part two. Sewing things by myself in my apartment. But after all, there are still plays. Right, Nellie. Eleven people still put on plays. If you call what Freddie Tinkle and his little friends do plays... (laughs) And nobody goes to see them, and nobody gets paid. So, so the theater is gone. But there are new things now. Change is inevitable. Everything changes. Things change. That's the rule of life. The world moves on. The world moves on. It certainly does. The world moves on. And I mean... By the way, speaking of that, what do you think about all these elections, Nellie? Bill and I were just talking about that. What's going on with this crazy number of elections we're having? They're just too frequent. Don't you think so? Oh, yes, I agree. Once a year was more than enough for me. Every three months is almost irritating. Mm. And, I mean, Ackerley almost always wins anyway, you know? (laughs) Almost always, and he's had the job for much too long anyway, I would say. Bill and I were saying the very same thing. You know, I like Ackerley. And I like Rodman. (laughs) I voted for Rodman more than once. Of course, so have I. I mean, they're both good people. Though I don't find either of them particularly brilliant, if you really want to know. Brilliant? Well, well I mean, actually, he's quite a remarkable man. Yes, I suppose. Have you met him, Mr. Tom? Yes, of course, a number of times. And? Well, he's very charming. Very clever, of course. I like him very much. You know, he's very knowledgeable about film, among other things. He has a secret taste for Korean films. Hmm? (laughs) You'd be surprised. He knows the names of Korean actresses. I'm serious. I had no idea. And on the subject of dogs, my God. Yes? You know, I saw him about a year ago at some ceremony or other, and I mentioned something about my pugs. Well, it turns out his knowledge of the origins of dog breeds is absolutely extraordinary. Wow. So he's pretty impressive. He really is. But, of course, Rodman's a very nice fellow as well. Mm. He has some pretty strict principles, obviously, as everyone knows. But he's remarkably friendly and sincere, and, mm. he, and he really likes... 
<laughs> he really likes a lot of people whom he actually despises. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. And I mean, of course, they're both well-meaning people. They're bright. They're competent. I know all that. But in a way, I've gotten fed up with both of them, really, because I just can't stand that program of murdering. It gets bigger every year. I mean, I think it's awful, and I don't know why. Well, they... well, to some extent, I think they got into all that because they found it attracted an awful lot of voters. Oh, yeah. I, know, I mean, that's all very popular in the rural areas, isn't oh, it? Oh, I'm sure it is, but you can't just snuff out this enormous number of lives because people in the rural areas find it, because they find it well, somehow... Well, it isn't really an enormous number of lives. Well, it... What? It isn't an enormous number of lives. It isn't. Well, no. I mean, Bill, not compared to the number of lives lost in a war. Really? You see, to me, it seems like an enormous number. Well, it's a serious matter. If a policy leads to a loss of life, of course, it's a serious matter. But policies that govern the regulation of various drugs cost lives. Uh. Policies that govern the regulation of games cost lives. But the program of murdering is growing faster than any other program. Well, I think Annette's just saying that if there were no such program, then we, we might be involved uh, uh, Thank in. you, Tom. Let's put it this way. It happens to be necessary. It can't really be avoided. And so we shouldn't get obsessed about it. It's like something that one does behind one's own back, so to speak. Huh? Like something slightly unpleasant that one does with one's ass once a day or so without paying it really a lot of attention. Uh, well, that's... Uh... So, uh... What are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying, you know, we go about our lives every day. We go to work, we talk, we drink glasses of wine, and every once in a while, occasionally, even in the middle of dinner, we feel the need to go into the nearest bathroom and use our asses to get rid of some waste. And we barely even give it a moment's thought. So, I mean, you know, pardon me, but I'm making an analogy between dropping some waste into the toilet... You see, and dropping a few small bombs onto certain targets. You know, uh, dropping some rather small bombs onto certain people who pose a threat to us. Yeah. All rather casual. And then you wash your hands and return to the table, and there you have your program of murdering. It takes very little time. It's barely noticeable. It's something you could say that everyone does. And in the context of our lives and all that we do, it's rather trivial. Very few people do use the bathroom in the middle of dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> I do understand all that, certainly. But, you see, my problem is just that I always worry. Can we really be sure that we're murdering the right people? That's what worries me. Well, we're getting awfully good at determining that. We really are. An incredible amount of effort goes into that. Oh, come on, Annette. How do you know? I mean, how have you become such an authority on this? What makes you think you know anything about it? <laughs> well, I've done it, darling. Oh? Really? What have you done? You, you've done... You, what? The private tailoring business is not what it used to be, in case you don't happen to know that, Bill. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of it. Quite the contrary. Quite the contrary. Of course I've done targeting. Of course I have. Like half the people you know. Targeting? Are you serious? Is that right? It, you target people? I study lists of people, and I select the individuals who need to be killed. And I'm delighted to tell you that it brings me a paycheck. And the amazing thing is that my paycheck arrives with complete regularity. It's a small check, obviously. But... 
<laughs> they never say, oh, I'm so sorry, but we can't pay you this week, but we promise to pay you next week for sure. Well, you know, this is a surprise. It really is. And, uh, you know, you really shouldn't say, you shouldn't just say you've done targeting like half the people you know, because with all respect, the people I happen to know have not done it. I'm very sorry. <laughs> yes, they have. Oh, come on, Annette, that's really absurd. I mean, I'm surprised you've done it, and I don't happen to know other people who have done it. Excuse me, you do. Well, who are you talking about? You keep... Oh, for God's sake, Bill, don't pretend to be such an idiot. Annette's done it. I've done it. A lot of people you know have done it. It's not some strange, mysterious activity. It's a very simple mechanical process, mm -hmm. and that's all. Don't you know that children are being trained to do it in school? What? They are? I'm not saying they're actually doing it, but yes. In certain schools, they're receiving training and targeting as part of the curriculum. Well, Ted, that, that's honestly... Bill, it's a very simple mechanical process. It's not as if we're looking at somebody's photograph and sort of saying, Hmm, I don't like the expression on that guy's face. I think he should be killed. <laughs> it's not like that. We're targeting people who present a serious danger. We're applying a list of criteria to people. Wait, 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 what? And there are certain people who meet the criteria. A, B, C, D. It's a very long list. And if they meet the criteria, you can be goddamn sure these are people who are dangerous to us. In other words, they are people who would like to harm us. And those are the ones that you feel should be killed. That's what I'm saying. What are you trying to ask me, Bill? I don't understand. When they meet the criteria, they ought to be killed. Yes, because they would like to harm us. What are you trying to... What? Do you want to be harmed? No, I don't. But how are you defining... I mean... Look, Bill. <laughs> I mean... You're giving me the sense that you find all this just terribly distasteful. You're recoiling somehow. I mean, you seem very dubious about whether it's true that there are people out there who would like to harm us. Well, I can assure you there are. Mmm, these eggplant things are delicious. Oh, uh, hi, Dick. I mean... Believe it or not, Bill, there are people out there who don't like you, and they don't like me, and... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, isn't there a sort of rather important distinction to be drawn between, I mean, a person who might possibly harbor certain negative thoughts about us on the one hand, and... Of course there is. That's the crucial... That's it. Mm -hmm. That's the crucial element of accurate targeting. You don't seem to understand that there are people who have already thought about this. There are psychologists and sociologists who've devoted their lives to this. They've done very, very exhaustive studies analyzing the precise difference between, between some guy who's sitting in some miserable room thinking resentful thoughts about us because life hasn't met his expectations on the one hand. And on the other hand, some other guy sitting in a similar room who may outwardly seem to be just like the first guy, but... And, and, and by the way, where, where are these people? Are they... I mean, are we talking about people who live in... I mean, where are we talking about? Where? Yeah. Uh, you say you targeted people. Where were they exactly? Well, in my case, they were in Malaysia. Oh. So, I mean, tell me about them. What sort of people were they? Were they businessmen? Were they... A majority of them made a living by herding sheep when they weren't being trained in the use of explosives. Yeah, but, but, I mean, 
If they were being trained in the use of explosives, did their training in explosives become their permanent job at some point? Or did they just study explosives occasionally? Was it a weekend thing? Or, I mean, were they in an army? Or I really don't know, Bill. And the questions you're asking are completely irrelevant. Because the crucial element in determining whether a person is going to harm you is not how many lessons in explosives he's had. It's the type of feeling he has about you. That's the thing I need to know. How about some of these puffballs, Mr. Robert? Oh, They're that... actually made from a zucchini flower. Oh, dang, huh. wonderful. We're trying to find the people who have the potential to harm us, and they have the potential to harm us because they'd like to harm us. Yeah, but you see, putting people's feelings aside for just a moment, I mean, how do you know that some person who lives thousands of miles away from you will ever even get close enough to you to harm you at all? I'm not saying he'll harm me. I'm saying he'll harm us. And I'm not saying he'll do it all by himself. Maybe he'll help some of his friends to do it. He'll do whatever he's able to do, and what Mm -hmm. that might be, I can't possibly know. What I do know is that he happens to be a member of that particular category of people who would like to harm us. And so if we get rid of him, and we get rid of all the other people in that particular category, then there won't be anyone left who would like to harm us, and so no one will harm us. Is that really so hard to understand? You have to wonder, what would happen if the people we're targeting were ever to learn our techniques and start going after us? Yeah. What if everybody started targeting everybody, and little bombs were flying between everybody and everybody? Well... And by the way, the things we've done have really made a difference. I mean, we happen to be winning. People are worrying much less. I mean... Do you remember that day five years ago when there was that peculiar gas floating across the river and people thought it might be some form of mustard gas? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did that by any chance frighten you, Bill? Yes, it did. I was very frightened. I remember the way I felt when I heard about that gas. The way I was shaking with fear. I was actually sick. Well, things like that aren't happening now. We're all less afraid. Less afraid of all those people because... Yeah, uh, pardon me if I'm going around in circles here, but... Why did you say, do all these people have this desire to harm us? Why do they? Yeah. Why do they want to harm us, did you say? I didn't. I didn't say why. Who cares why? Well, one does have a certain curiosity about well, it. I, darling, I mean, if you walk out of your apartment onto the street one day, and there's a man on the sidewalk firing shots at you, I'm not sure it makes sense to sort of stand there musing about what particular problems in the poor man's life might have led him to become a homicidal maniac. <laughs> I think you'd want to, you know, hide behind a car or something. You know, find at least a temporary solution to the problem at hand. <laughs> or a permanent solution. Kill the guy. <laughs> Ted. <laughs> Yeah, that would settle it. (laughs) Hey, Ted, you want some weed? Yes, pass the peace pipe. Are you kidding? No, no. Annette? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you honestly all remind me of that character in Leonard Manville's old show, who used to shoot some stranger in a bar practically every other episode. (laughs) Oh, you mean the one they called Porky... Horowitz? <coughs> Thanks a lot there, Bill. Yes, that's very flattering. Oh, well, Porky wasn't such a bad fellow. He just had a rather low tolerance for people who were rude. <laughs> Quite un- 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Understandable. <laughs> Say incidentally, uh, did any of you hear what happened to Daphne Albright last week? No, what? God, what log have you been sleeping under? Well, what happened to her? Well, she was having dinner over at Le Grand Plaisir. Oh, I can't stand that place. And she died there. They say she kept getting up to use the bathroom. And she was saying these very strange things. She was very angry about something she said her mother had done the day before. But her mother has been dead for years. And she seemed to be feeling sick, but at the same time she was laughing at things that weren't funny at all. And then at a certain point, she started making these weird sounds, these weird noises like... And then she died. Oh, really? That is weird. Died? What? That's, that's just impossible. But that... I didn't know that. But that sounds like exactly what happened to Nestor Crawley. The, the bathroom thing and then those sounds. Mm. Oh, my God. Crawley. Oh, I'd forgotten that. Crawley. Of course. You know, I was there that night at Raymond's. I was just coming in for a drink after the show, and the police cars were just pulling out of the driveway with Nestor's corpse. God, help us. Why? Have we been... Phasing in some new technique? Oh, it's hardly new, dear. It's been around for years. It's a bit like arsenic. Tiny gray little pellets. No taste at all. Your friend drops two or three of them into your drink and... Bam! A few minutes later, you're gone. That's it. Good Lord. The horrible Crawley. <laughs> well, he was horrible. <laughs> but still, that's an awful way to go, I think. <laughs> oh, it could be worse. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you know, I always think one should reflect very carefully before one makes a remark like that. I mean, you casually say something like, oh, it could be worse. 
But to me, you see, well, I happen to be quite a superstitious person. And as a superstitious person, I can't help but believe that if you casually make light of some particular form of human suffering, a disease, say, or some type of calamity, or, you know, as in this case, a manner of dying, then quite possibly that form of suffering will take offense at it somehow and will somehow return to make you regret your remark. I think, I think that's a terrible thing to say. Well, fine then. I take it back. I mean, we're trying to have a pleasant evening. Annette, sweetheart. Daphne Albright was trying to have a pleasant evening. Nestor Crawley was trying to have a pleasant evening. They just happened to be people whose behavior became somewhat... For which they were rewarded in a manner that was unpleasant. And that's all. I think I'll go and help Nellie in the kitchen. Excuse me. Oh, my God. He's become a a poisonous snake. I can't believe it. He used to be such a sweet little fellow. He used to curl up on my piano bench and listen to me play like a little cat. (laughs) Horrible. He's dreadful. So I've brought you all some fresh napkins. Jane, Dick's become an absolute horror. How can you let him stay here overnight? Oh, my God, what's he doing? Nothing, nothing. He's just been telling us about the deaths of some awful people we used to know when we're trying to have a pleasant evening. Disgusting. It's disgusting. He seems to be completely out of control. I know, I know. We've done our best. Well, it's not working. Oh, my God. The tone of his voice, it's as if he was enjoying it. And, And he was telling us that people we know are being poisoned. Their drinks are being poisoned. Well, Dick isn't your fault, Jane. No, no, of course he isn't. For goodness sake, Annette. But, but just become such a, a, a vicious person. I, I mean, I just... <sighs> but anyway, Jane, how are you doing these days? Why don't you sit down with us here and tell us what you've been up to for all these years? Oh, no, 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 I really shouldn't. Now, don't be absurd. We'd love to hear all about you. We all would. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Really? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, all, all right then. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, sit right down. <laughs> oh, my. Well, what comfortable furniture we have here. <laughs> so, let me get you a drink. Oh, well, so tell you. us everything, Jane. Surely you haven't been working here at the, 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 the talk house for all this time, have you? No, not really. I've just been back for a year or so, actually. So, tell us all about your adventures then. Oh, it's a pretty long story. It's been quite a few years since I've seen you all. Um, you know, I was on that show, Mouse Chatter, for quite oh. a while. I mean, I only had a very small part, but that was great. Oh, you mean with Heidi Jones? <laughs> yes, Heidi Jones. <laughs> At first, we found all those crazy Heidi mannerisms so endearing, didn't we? <laughs> but after a year or two, it was more like, for God's sake, will you stop doing that? <laughs> and I, I didn't like that young boy on the show. Sam? You didn't? No, I didn't. He was. He was weak. He, he was self-pitying. 
He was revolting, really. <laughs> he was such a worm-like, whiny, creepy little thing. Oh. <laughs> and he had no personality. None oh. at all. Bill, please. Maybe Jane was a friend of the boy. Oh, well, if, if he was your friend, I'm sorry. I'm sure in real life he was a very nice person, but he made my flesh crawl. <laughs> yeah, we hear you, Bill. <laughs> no, no, no. My problem with the show is just with the writing. I mean, the stories were pointless. I'm not saying everything has to be Atlantic history or, or you know, pills. <laughs> but you have to have some desire when you're watching a show to know what's going to be happening next. You, you have to at least be thinking, even if the subject is completely silly. <gasps> oh, I wonder if she's going to look in the drawer and find Fred's socks in there. <laughs> or, uh, well, uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, it just wasn't funny enough. I always felt that Heidi Jones wasn't funny. But Heidi Jones was funny. Huh. When she did that short-lived thing about all those nuns who drank too much. Oh, yeah. 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 When you have people like Rick Hazelton and, and Harvey Knowles, who have no qualifications whatsoever to be running a show in charge of things, well, naturally, they hired the worst writers and the worst directors. It's really a miracle that it lasted as long as it did. Hmm. Uh, so uh, then, uh, what did you do when Mouse Chatter ended? Oh, um, I, I did a couple other shows that weren't that great. And I did one or two plays. And then I went abroad for a while. I worked as a murderer for the Special Areas Project for three or four years, if you really want to know. Not very nice. Oh, God, that's awful. Uh, where did they send you? Uh, Nigeria? Yeah, uh, yeah, mostly Nigeria. They had me out in Indonesia for a while. I don't know. Damn. Really? So, what did they have you doing? Exactly. <laughs> well, I stuck people with, <laughs> with you know, pins, I guess. I mean, I shouldn't laugh because it's actually awful, but I scratched people, basically, in crowds or sports events or, you know, mostly on the street. I'd scratch someone, and then there'd be about two minutes where they'd sort of feel odd, supposedly, then they'd die, and, of course, by then, I'd be far away. Really? Just dreadful. Mm. A few times, I had to kill someone more directly. You know, when there was someone who wasn't really all that bad, but they still decided that they had to be killed, and they were basically giving them a painless end. You know, these were people who wouldn't be able to put up a fight quite elderly people and I mean I was basically the angel of mercy or whatever you call it so the person would usually just curl up into a ball and let me stick them Ooh. and I, I wasn't great at it you had to stick them in the right place obviously to be sure it was painless and I was always nervous I guess so it, it wasn't always as easy as it sounds but when they saw me coming, they knew I was going to be doing it nicely, as opposed to opening their door one day and seeing Ray standing there. Do you remember Ray? That mm -hmm. guy who 
who used to work in the coffee shop next door with the bright red shirts. Oh, Ray. Yeah, Ray. Ray. Yes, Ray. You know, I did it the nice way, and they always used Ray to do it the bad way. You know, the horrible way with... No, no, please don't, don't tell us. We don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, eventually I just decided to come back home and work for Nelly again. Much nicer. And Africa's hard. You know, the food isn't great. Mm. Most people are starving. Mm. It's really bad. Yeah. yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right, mm. right. Huh. Well, you know, uh, Nigeria is one of the worst territories in the world for I show, actually. Uh, uh, almost nobody watches it there. I'm, I'm not even sure they're still showing it there. Uh, no. <laughs> no, they wouldn't like it there at all definitely not different sense of humor completely different well actually we are still shown in nigeria i mean to tell you the truth nigeria honestly isn't as bad as it might be compared to a lot of other places i mean luxembourg for example completely died on us really it's strange you know i have a friend in luxembourg and i'll bet none of you can guess what their favorite show is their favorite show Mm mm-hmm William and Mike? No, no, no. No, you'll never guess. And I mean, I'm talking about an incredible success. The most successful show. The Life of Horace. <sighs> the Ocean of Blood. What? I don't believe it. No, no, Bill. You don't understand. I knew exactly what Jane was going to say. The Ocean of Blood is becoming a, a, a phenomenon. It's just amazing. Are you talking about that insane show that nobody watches? Yes, where people just got shot or something. Yes. The wound show. Yeah, yes, that's the show. Certain countries just seem to have become addicted to it. I mean, Luxembourg, Singapore, the South Sea Islands. Oh, my God, it's their favorite show. You know, here, the people who make that show are completely unknown. I mean, their office is right down the street from ours, and it's the most run-down, awful, shabby little little hut almost mm. with an overgrown ugly little lawn out front and the host of the show bob hatfield he just walks down the street there and goes in the door nobody knows who the hell he is but if bob hatfield were to walk down the street in in bangladesh <laughs> well he couldn't walk down the street yeah. in bangladesh there'd be such a mob <laughs> bob hatfield the singer He's not spending much time on his singing these days, I can tell you that. But you mean it is the same guy? Oh, yes. Yeah, he used to be with that group, you know, with those people in little vests with the horrible beards. I'm telling you, bad singers can turn out to be the nastiest people on earth when they stop singing. I could give you a list. Elaine Mordren. Elaine oh, Mordren, God. one of the worst people on the planet today. <laughs> Ethel Hardwick. Oh, yeah. I will oh never forget the photograph of Ethel Hardwick when they raided her house and found all those cats. Oh, don't, please. I honestly hadn't realized cats could look like that. Their bodies were flat. They looked like sort of giant furry tadpoles or something. You know, I've just about managed to forget that photograph. (laughs) Thank you, John. Those poor cats. Bad singers, I'm telling you. Happy 10th anniversary to us. Oh, gorgeous, Nellie. What is the hearing that's really fantastic? To us. Happy anniversary, dear midnight in a clearing with moon and stars. Happy anniversary to us. 
Why don't you cut the cake, Mr. Robert? I hope you still like cake. Oh, God help me, I do. <laughs> Big yeah, fat well, piece for me. Time. Okay, hey, take yeah, it one at a time. Put a lot of that Oh, that's good. That's good. good. Right there. Thank you. All right, and who wants champagne? Oh, me, me, me. I definitely want champagne. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.